Hello and welcome back to the Blues Talks podcast. I am back with Dovi Das again. I have back from the abs- my week-long absence and hopefully this is going to be quite a fulfilled podcast. Of course. Pleasure being here. Thank you. But anyway, mm-hmm. to get into it, um, so obviously I'm going to do a podcast. What we're going to have in the podcast is what I've missed from a week. So obviously we're going to have, um, we're going to talk about the Brandon Hunt drop transfer um, to Kilmarnock. Uh, the confirmed League One team for next season. Uh, we're going to have the potential return of fans in stadiums in October and uh, any, any sort of transferring rumours and, of course, the statement put out by Mark Catlin. But anyway, to start off this podcast, as I said, um, Brandon, Brandon Huntrup has completed a transfer on a free to Kilmarnock. And obviously, he's one of our, I'd say he was one of, he's one of our better left-backs now that Seddon's gone. So it's a bit, it's a very much mm. loss, I think. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely an int- an interesting transfer. Uh, you know, Hounshrup is obviously quite young. He's only twenty three years old, so you know, it's it's not like he's an aging player who's just kind of slowly just like moving to a to a sort of smaller club to kind of you know play away his career. But it's it does seem like a like an interesting interesting idea to sort of let him go. Um, he, obviously, he's definitely he's a, he's very versatile. He can play left back, right back. He's played centre back as well. So, you know, he's he's so versatile. So he can, you know, if there's any as a if there is like an injury in defence, he can always fill in. And honestly, the the fact that like Jacket offered him a contract that you know he wasn't interested in, again, <laughs> just it just only really solidifies the, I guess, the lack of confidence that uh think fans have in jacket at this point i think it's maybe he wasn't necessarily the most like standout player in the world but he definitely like played a very consistent and uh, solid role for us and i think losing him is definitely gonna gonna bite us in the ass in the future that's what definitely. i think yeah it just sort of highlights i've got um, a few screenshots that highlights the sort of bad poor man- management that jacket and Porter have so i'm, I'm gonna read some yeah. interesting stuff out so that apparently um, the gaffer, Kenny Jacket, pulled um, Huntrop into the office and the tra- in the training ground and said, we're going to offer you a new deal. And then Huntrop said he knew it was, gonna, it was coming because they needed to do that for a compensation fee. I get that from a business point of view for the club, but for me, it wasn't ideal. And then the gaffer said to um, Huntrop that um, and then I've never seen someone so disappointed to be offered a new contract. And then Huntrop's like, what do you expect? I'm not going to play. And then... I think the most interesting part of this is now is where it says, um, I asked the gaffer, this is a quotation from Huntrup saying, am I in your head for the playoffs? Am I potentially going to be used? And then Jacket said, yes, of course. And I wasn't even in the squad for either games. It was hard yeah. not being involved against Oxford, but at the same time, I knew it was coming. So from a, fan's, from a fan point of view, you, you don't, we can't blame Huntrup for leaving. He's been no. told... He's been told he'll get game time for Jacket, and then they never did. And it's just like I don't blame him. He needs to play football. He's a good left back, a good right back. Yeah, literally, he's he's twenty three years old. He's 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 slowly sort of approaching his prime. Um, you know, spending time at Portsmouth, you know, being a substitute and sitting on the bench, just simply, it's just not in his interest. So honestly, I, I can't blame him for leaving. Um, I think it's obviously up to debate whether you whether you can say that he is. Like ports of standard, I guess League One standard. I, I personally say that he is like League One standard. Uh, maybe Jacket thinks a different way. So, I guess there is a disparity there between you know Hornstrup and and Jacket. Obviously, one you know one wants game time because he's 
like he's still quite young so he still has loads of time and he doesn't want to be spending his time at a club where he's not being used um but obviously at the same time jacket doesn't want to i guess spend his time you know using a left back that he that you know maybe he wouldn't consider league one standard um which i guess is contrary to what some people would would believe it's i guess that's i guess it's just kind of um it's just a part it's just sort of part of football i guess there's going to be disparities between uh players fans and managers and um ultimately yeah you can't blame him for leaving you know he's left to go to scotland which mm. i think is quite interesting the scottish league isn't the most competitive league i guess but you know if that helps him sort of break through the ranks and he ends up maybe playing for a i guess slightly higher level uh oh well, i guess how would you how would you compare like the scottish league in terms of like in terms of the english league i think scottish it's... the majority of the scottish league this is excluding celtic and rangers i think a lot of the yeah. scottish teams are league 2 league 1 standard but i think yeah. rangers and um celtic are high championship level i reckon maybe yeah maybe yeah. at a push at a push celtic or um to, uh, bottom half prem but that's at a push yeah i guess that does that does make sense so i guess he's obviously moving to a team that I guess is of a sort of similarish, maybe slightly lower standard than Portsmouth is, and so obviously, if him getting game time there helps build up a build up a profile and maybe get some a better a sort of a transfer to a slightly bigger team in the future, then ultimately that's in his interest, and I don't blame him for for doing so. Definitely, definitely. One thing I have a sort of like issue around the transfer is that obviously Jacket's philosophy is um, keeping faith in the young the youth players. And so yep. there's, there's obviously talk that Lee Brown's being offered a new contract, and he's what thirty now or something, and we've just yeah. let our, and we've just let our left our young left back go really easily, but apparently yeah. we're invested in the youth, and that that for me just doesn't sit right. The fact that we're doing that, it's just a bit. Yeah, it's it's you know, it, it seems to be a bit of a trend. However, Jacket says one thing and does another thing. Again, Hornshop was told he was gonna play, didn't play. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't really know, like what, I don't, I don't understand like what the sort of issue is, I guess. Is it like a, a lack of trust in Hornstrup or like, what does he see in Lee Brown to keep him there? Obviously Lee Brown isn't like, again, a bad player. He's, you know, he's been, I'd say quite decent, but you know, he's slowly approaching 30. He's not getting any younger. He's not getting any quicker. You know, I guess, you know, what's what's the point of really keeping him around? As far as I know, obviously, I don't know if there's something like maybe he brings something to the dressing room. But other than that, yeah, that's also really, really confusing how he seems to be investing in the youth. He's obviously... Obviously, we're slowly seeing like more youth players being introduced. Obviously, in the January transfer window, obviously got um, what was it? Fair the Fairchild, the striker from the yeah. non-league team. Yeah, yeah. So he obviously got him. Uh, we saw like Haji being like so slowly, slowly like being introduced. Um, but then on like on the other side of the spectrum, is also you know doing stuff that doesn't really agree with what he's supposedly saying he's doing yeah. so again it just it just it just only really proves just the the sort of incompetence of jacket really and yeah and um 
Yeah, I you know it 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 only really bolsters bolsters the claim that there is a lack of faith from the fans in Jacket. Yeah, so, especially with yeah. Sorry, I'm keeping on the topic of that. <laughs> That's okay. We've also been linked with a striker, Adam Lefondre, who's like what 34. But we're, yep. we're we're trying to invest in youth, aren't we? <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah. I don't 34 years old. He's playing in Australia. He's like he's 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 played like he's ending his career slowly. Like he's when you like when you move to Australia, like you're not you're not going to be playing like competitive football. You're just going to be like kind of like a like a sort of slow like you just kind of come into a trading player like player match and stuff. Like you're not you're not really taking it like that seriously. Like Adam Lafondre, what is he? He's 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 more like he's mostly known for his career at Reading, I think, right? Yeah. He yeah. played for Reading for a while, and then after he's, that he's, he he's just played under Jacket as well, I believe, at Wolves, and that um, mm. Lafondre left Wolves because of Jacket's play style. So again, why are we linked with him if he doesn't actually like Jacket? Yeah. It's just it's, all, it's, it's it's clearly probably not true, but the fact that we've even maybe looked at him. And he's 34 years old and already played on a jacket and didn't work yeah. out. It, it just shows the club's ambitions. It doesn't really highlight a good ambition. For yeah, it's it's yeah, it's really really confusing at this point. Does does jacket really know what he's doing at this point? Like it just it it it's kind of it kind of in my opinion I think just kind of shows that he's getting desperate at this point. Like yeah. he's trying to like do something to make it look like he's trying in a sense he's like okay uh, we need a striker um uh, uh, uh okay how about lafondre lafondre from uh who's playing in australia who's 34 years old yeah let's 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 be linked to him like he's not he's kind of getting desperate to the point where he's like pulling moves that just like don't make any logical sense mm. uh yeah, this, Just, this, yeah, this season, the next one, the current one, is coming up. It's it's kind of his make or break season. Like it's his last year on his contract. If he doesn't get us up, surely he's surely he's going. I mean, there's yeah, no he, way he'll be staying if we don't get promoted this year. And even if the like, owners don't yeah. anything, then I'm I'll be shocked. It's I, I mean, I like I I tr- I sort of I have some trust in Mark Catlin that he sort of knows what he's doing. I have some trust at least in Mark Catlin. But if if like if he stays for like if he stays longer, like if he if he used to stay for the next season and he stays even longer after that, then I think that will just only like just kill any confidence that like mm-hmm. the fans have in the board, like in Mark Catlin, in just just the club as a whole. I think if he like if he's if he's like stays like just past this season like, there's like there was already like lots of fire like also was already under like loads of fire because they're still keeping jacket on so like it it's already like on ropes but like if if he keeps on going like it's just not gonna end well it's like confidence is gonna be so low um it's it just won't turn out well and the thing is like Portsmouth is like known for their fans. Like, like the fans are such a vital part of it. Like both of our like established as a team who have uh, established as a club, who have some of the best fans, like arguably in the world. And if you strip away the confidence of the fans and, you know, fans stop going, stop going to games, attendance starts dropping that, you know, 
that vital part that what makes Portsmouth Football Club such a great club will slowly be gone. So, Very. yeah, part of that as well. Yeah, it's just, it just doesn't look good really at the moment. It's, we seem to be in a mess and we just really need to pick ourselves up again. Yeah. But anyway, um, moving on from that. Uh, so we've obviously now that um, the championship relegations have, as the championship's finished, we, we know who's coming down, we know who's coming up from League Two. So coming down from the championship, we've got a Hull City and Wigan Athletic and also Charlton. Obviously, Wigan Athletic didn't finish in the relegation zone naturally. They only got yeah. points deducted, which is very unfortunate for them. But mm. if they can keep their players and manager, then they'll go up instantly, I reckon. But, um, mm. and it, yeah, it's fine. I'll go. Um, and then going up from League Two, we've got um, Kirill Alexandra, Swindon Town and Plymouth. So obviously, we played Plymouth a lot, but we know we're established yeah. with that. Crew, we haven't really played mm. too much. Obviously, we played them in League Two when we were there. And then Swindon as yeah. well. Same with them. I feel like they'll probably... And we've also got Northampton Town as well. About that, and then mm-hmm. I feel like a few of the clubs will go down with come up. I feel like Northampton will, I feel like Swindon might, and I think mm. and Plymouth will survive. Uh, obviously, there was that article on Swindon how like they are like the sort of confidence that um, the manager, I think it was from Swindon, like had in his in his players or something like that. Is like he was described as like a fiery manager who like mm. has a desire to win. I believe it was Swindon. Um, so on like the sort of, the sort of step up from league two to league one is quite, is I guess quite significant, but I I don't think it's as significant. I think, I don't think it's as significant as the step up from league one to the championship. Yeah. I think, so obviously Swindon obviously has this fiery attitude towards them. So, you know, we'll have to see how they do. Uh, Plymouth, I don't. I, they they seem like a decent team. I guess they they don't really have a lot of they don't seem to have a lot of sort of history in terms of like the higher tiers of of English football. So we'll have to see how they do. Um, in terms of like Charlton, Charlton seem to have like a bit of a trend of like being Portsmouth's like bogey team. I guess in a sense, yeah. like we always seem to we seem to have a hard time against Charlton. So that's all. That that's always going to be a tough matchup. Wigan coming down, obviously Paul Cook and Jamal obviously return to Fratton, so yeah, uh, that'll definitely be an interesting matchup if the fans obviously do come back in time for that fixture. Yeah, um, that would be a fun. Yeah, whole, whole city, they've like they're obviously having a hard time with owners with their owners and stuff. You know, they were in the Premier League not too long ago, so they were in the um, playoffs um, in January this season. They were in the. I think they're a wow. point of the playoffs. They're a point of the playoffs, and then they just. I just, they just didn't win, and then obviously it went straight on. Yeah, snowballed. Yeah, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't have doubts that um, Hull City will go back up. To be honest, I think obviously, you know, we've, obviously there's a problem with the owners there, so there may be sort of a situation um, there. I guess maybe if if the owners don't have any faith in like in the club, and they just sort of, I guess, just completely destroy the club from within. So, you know, that may be something to, that might prevent them from going back up. Uh, I think with Wigan, obviously Jamal was meant to set the championship alight uh, last season and obviously didn't quite happen. And subsequently they went down. I think, yeah, the league one has 
it's definitely gotten harder at this point. You know, yeah. whole city again, who are again a point off the playoffs. So there, there is, I guess, some evidence to believe that they will get their shit together. So that's obviously one club that will be hard to play against. Um, yeah, I think league the league one is probably in a very hard in is is quite a hard league to play in at the moment in terms for Portsmouth and mm. in terms of where we're looking to finish, uh, looking at the current state of League One, um, just say automatic promotion isn't really looking, uh, nope. isn't, isn't, isn't looking, no, not isn't all. looking likely. No. The interesting thing is all the three teams that have come down from the championship have all got, uh, all of, all three of them have got owner problems. So it sort of yeah. says something about the AFL as well, if you know what I mean, how, it may be people call it corrupt yeah. or anything, but all three EFL of them have kind of problems. Yeah, there seem there seems to be some sort of universal issue with like football associations just across like across Europe. Obviously, UEFA obviously have their corruption issues. The FA are known to be just ugh. The EFL obviously they like did the whole points deduction thing for Bold for Bolton and. Obviously, Barry are, Barry are now like in the ninth, I think like ninth tier of English football at this point. Yeah. So, it's a Phoenix yeah, they all... not even the same club, like officially. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're, they're pretty like, they have a long way, long way to go back up. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it seems to be like a, just a, a bigger like individual issue. I don't, I don't know what it is in terms of like football associations being so, I don't even know how to put it, like, so inadequate, I guess. I don't know. It's it's mm. it's it's difficult to say, you know. The Obviously, the EFL already have a, a bit of a bad rap, so, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's, just, it's just kind of one of those things that we have to deal with, and I don't really know if there is a solution in sight, but just kind of have to go with it, sadly. Yeah, well, moving on to more positive news. So, I think Boris Johnson himself has said that in October that we may have the potential for fans to join back into stadiums, obviously at a limited capacity, but it's still a start and it's still a positive start. So if that happens, that'll be amazing. Obviously, mm. ob- obviously in keeping with whether or not um, the coronavirus um, pandemic grows or whatever, or if it just dies down, but we could be seeing fans back in stadiums very shortly for next season, which will be absolutely mm. amazing. Obviously you do have that argument that like, like football without fans just isn't football and I guess some people would say that if it's not for capacity then it's not worth it I guess I guess it, it's obviously a good start to start bringing fans back you know obviously gradually bringing fans back you know will, will allow us to I guess monitor sort of I guess monitor like how much the virus will spread within football matches um I guess I'm not really sure if if like social distancing will really be adhered that much within football grounds mm. is what I'm slightly fearing, um, which, you know, that might be a bit of an issue, of course, sort of ha- like having, I guess, like, like uh, one person sitting in one place, then a the gap, and then another person sitting in a place like um, alternate, alternate seating, I guess you know, like people will be able to go back to watch football. And, you know, obviously 
it will help clubs because they'll be able to get more revenue because obviously lots of clubs are, are sort of suffering because they weren't they weren't able to bring in any fans and tickets weren't selling so you know it was a lost revenue stream so um that that will obviously be a good thing for a lot of football clubs to be able to bring fans back um another sort of expenses and stuff like that you know money coming in because obviously in at this point in time you know clubs aren't doing the best financially mm. but i think in terms of fans coming back i think it's good yeah you know it's yeah everything is slowly opening back up you know whether the government response to the coronavirus is adequate is obviously up to debate and that's you know down to politics and stuff and that's you know you just can't really yeah. you can't really tell for that kind of thing but you know if um i don't i don't really know how much faith i have in the government but you know if uh if there is evidence to suggest that you know it is safe then that you know everything will be okay and we won't suddenly sort of spike up in terms of cases after we open up football grounds then i say let's do it yeah you know it'll help Definitely. the clubs it it'll help fans it'll improve the experience yeah it's great i think let's do it yeah <laughs> positive talking about like the owners as well in sort of this situation like obviously we have all the fans have their questions for the owners whether on their own investors or not but one thing i am grateful that we have for our owners is we are quite financially stable especially in this time so i think yeah that is one thing to be thankful for and grateful for because obviously other teams in this league or below or even above us might be struggling and i think i feel like we have a sort of area of safety where we are we are financially yeah. secure i think hopefully yeah I anything, but yeah i mean the the whole like salary cap thing controversy that obviously happened well isn't it isn't it like being like obviously there was like a there was like a voting system and then there were clubs who went up to the championship who like voted voted yeah. on it and yeah, it was again just the EFL being the EFL. So you know, <laughs> so really. obviously you have you have that. Obviously, I don't know. I mean, in terms of like finances and stuff, it, it will definitely bring back fans. Will definitely help. You know, as the sort of smaller teams, and it is obviously really good that we are more financially stable. And if the salary cap does end up going ahead. Obviously, it may not help us that well, but again, in terms of financial stability, that will only continue to uh, to improve to improve our financial situation. Although yeah. it may not improve our our team situation. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's going to be a long few seasons, I reckon. But anyway, um, moving oh, on yeah, to the next absolutely. next topic. So just transfer rumors, really. Now, um, obviously today yeah. I've seen uh, recently that we've been linked with a released Sunderland midfielder in Ethan Robson, who was released by Sunderland because maybe wasn't deemed as good enough and he's been at loan at Grimsby and we're linked with him. <laughs> Is that really going to be a good signing uh, considering the fact that our promotion rival Sunderland have released him? That doesn't really show exactly a lot of ambition, does it? Uh, no, it certainly doesn't. Um, our transfer targets have certainly um, don't really compare to what they were last season, you know, last season we were getting like, obviously we got Marquis and like he was meant to be the prolific striker to get us the 20 plus goals that we needed to get promotion, which sadly didn't happen. And then we got a bunch of attacking players who were like bordering 
on championship level. And so the fact that we are now like looking at players who are debate, like arguably not even League One level, if Sunderland are releasing him, yeah, it's again it shows shows a lack of ambition, I guess. I guess it um it sort of it sort of shows uh shows the kind of expectations that ports of are predicting. Yeah. Obviously if if Jacket that like does actually see something like good in him, because obviously this is this 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 probably isn't like the best comparison to make, but obviously Andrea Perlo got released from AC Milan. And obviously he went to Juventus and he still continued yeah. to prosper. So, you know, Andre Pelo was supposedly done and dusted. And then, you know, he ended up having another good couple years of Juventus. So, you know, there is still like, there is still like the potential that he may be a good signing. But again, targeting, you know, a released Sunderland midfielder doesn't 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 look good it doesn't look good again it's it's just it's just another set of um transfer rumors that only really bolster the claim that we don't really know what we're doing yeah so obviously we've also been linked with um a young brighton left left back alex cochran on a season-long loan another loan surprise surprise um, hasn't had much game time. His last game time came in non-league East Grinstead, which isn't exactly the most promising thing. That's his only um, experience in, in football and having a senior career. He's also he, he was left in the bench for the game against Burnley, but never made an appearance as well. Again, yeah. where's the ambition? Yeah, another an, an, another loan deal. Brighton, you know, not not really the most. Um, not not really the most let's just say like accomplished accomplished team out there i mean nothing against brighton i guess but you know they were sort of weren't they like lingering like for relegation this season weren't they for a yeah. little bit yeah. yeah so can can we not just have like Mark, Mark, matt clark back for like a season just <laughs> yes. to like help us out a little bit was like are yeah. they yeah are, Bright, are brighton using him or is he just like sat on the bench Oh, he was because... alone at Derby. Oh, there we go. We could have taken him back. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, obviously, obviously, you know, the Steve, the Steve Seddon sort of loan uh, proved to be sort of beneficial. Obviously, it helped us uh, with like with sort of uh, playing, sort of playing the four-two-three-one position, and sort of I guess improved us, improved our ability to. I guess put balls in the box because our wingers weren't really uh, doing the best at that, and obviously Stevenson had that you know wondrous left foot, and which kind of helped us with that. So you know we'll 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 have to see. He, I guess it could he could help us out. I guess yeah. Uh, but we do. He obviously he does seem like quite is he. I, I I'm presuming he's quite a young player because he's yeah, not yeah. um he doesn't young. have much experience. Yeah. Yeah. So it could it could sort of be like a like a sort of like a, a like a Ross McCrory move in a sense where where he isn't he might not be getting like loads of game time but he's just kind of just kind of to to bolster up the squad. But then what I'm thinking is he's a left back. So why are we bringing in a backup left back when? We should really be looking for a replacement left back at this point. Yeah. We should be looking for a player who is like 
a solid role at the left back as opposed to someone who is considered a backup. So yeah, again, lack of ambition, questionable, yeah. shithousery. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to state yeah. the guy before he joins. He might be amazing. Who knows? But anyway, yeah, um, absolutely. Again, also been linked with uh, signing uh, Sean Ragel on a permanent. I'll, I'll I'll be happy with that. I'll be fine with Happily, that. Happily, yeah. And then talk uh, about respawning people. Sorry, um. I'll yeah, just... yeah. Obviously, Sean Sean Ragel has turned into a bit of a cult hero. Obviously, shaky start, but you know, Ragel for England, and <laughs> he did he did slowly mold mold into the into the into the sort of Portsmouth atmosphere. So I think, yeah, I'd I, I would I would be more than happy to take him back. Obviously he's been released by Norwich. So yeah. obviously Norwich don't have him in his plans. Uh, don't have him in their plans. So I, I like I see nothing wrong with taking with taking Raggett on a permanent. Yeah, I think that'd be a that would that would actually be a deal that would make sense. Yeah. And then we're looking at um re signing McGeehan as well, but I've just seen we we only want him back on a, an, another loan. Like, yeah. what's the point? If you're going to get him, get him permanently, or just don't get him at all, in my opinion, honestly. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, lots of, it's just lots we, of loan deals going on. Too many loan deals. We'd fall in love with loan players and then they leave and then we never see them again. I just... Uh, yeah. Sick and tired of it, really. Yeah, got burned by Thompson. Oof. So, you know... Yeah. PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Come a back, sad please. day when he was recalled. That was a sad day. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, so, yeah, finally, finally, the last topic, uh, Mark Catlin recently released a statement saying he's aware of the um, hatred towards the hatred, a bit of a harsh word, but the hatred towards Jacket and that yeah. um, Catlin sort of refuses debate, to debate his future. Again, is that Catlin bottling it? Is that him just saying, is that him hiding away from all the fans, all the minority fans? You know, it's just think- like... Yeah, Catlin has a has a tendency to be um he's quite a professional person. I guess he doesn't he isn't the, to- the sort of person who like really plays to the fans. I guess he kind of it seems that he does everything to his kind of own accord. He doesn't let He obviously does see what the fans say and like he recognizes the attitude, but he doesn't let the sort of attitude of the fans sway his decisions too much, which So I think my um, thing is glitching now. Here. Oh, am I am I back? Yeah, no, sorry, my thing um, glitched out uh, for a second. Oh, my headset was also turned off randomly. Sorry about that. All right, That's I'm fine. back. All right, um, just, I didn't hear what you said, so just um, try to say that again. Oh yeah, yeah. So obviously, uh, Mark Catlin is obviously he seems like a quite professional person. He doesn't. Obviously, he recognizes what the fans are saying, but he doesn't really, but he doesn't let the fans sort of influence his decisions too much. Again, you have to read in, you know, you can read into it however you want. He could, he obviously, he could very easily just be bottling it, um, or he could just, you know, I guess just be stubborn and kind of ignoring what the fans are saying. Again, as I said before, I have some trust in Catlin. I mean, he does, mm. I think, as he has enough for history at Portsmouth to, to, I guess, warrant having some confidence in him, definitely more than I have in Jacket. But ultimately, 
debating his future. You know, he did obviously release. He did also say before that there wouldn't be a a knee jerk decision to ever you know getting rid of him. So clearly, Catlin does have some sort of faith in him, mm. which to me, I like. Obviously, you need to read into it um, however you really want to. But what I'm what I'm now wondering is, okay, so has is this just a case of Catlin still having faith in Jacket, or is this Jacket like trying to redeem himself and maybe Jacket has some sort of obviously some obviously this season this season hasn't really worked out, so maybe he has some sort of new plan that he's trying to fulfill obviously with the current transfer rumors it seems like there is no plan and the plan is just survive so you know that doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence but i it's it's difficult to tell whether it's catlin just like he still has faith in jacket just just in general or a rich jacket who was like saved his own skin and he's you know trying to and he, he he believes in the philosophy that Jacket is trying to build. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, Callan um Callan isn't isn't a bad person. You know, he he seems to know the club quite well. He obviously he has a history here. And I don't I don't doubt that, you know, he has knowledge and on how to like run a football club and the sort of things you need to do to make it successful. But, you know, stuff, things change, you know, he might, I don't know, maybe the confidence has gone into his head. He sort of saw the success that, you know, that Porsche were slowly going up and sort of slowly progressing as a club. And I guess maybe, you know, he sort of, I guess, got the attitude that, you know, oh, he's, he's this like big bollocks owner who's, you know, who knows everything, he knows everything himself and everything he's doing is correct. But yeah it's we have to read into it we have to read into it and i think there will be a lot of a lot of speculation regarding it definitely definitely the sort of like highlight to this podcast is a lack of ambition isn't it as we sort of yeah. talk about it a lot because it's, it's, every topic we talk about this it just seems to come up a lot but it just yeah. shows the sort of state of our what our club's in obviously it's in not a worse state than Wigan obviously so we have to be grateful for that but Absolutely. It's still there just seems to be um a certain lack of confidence in the board and the manager and it's just feels like it's gonna be that way until Jack is gone. But yeah. As we said, I just don't think I can see him going until the yeah. year's out, until this year contract's out. But yeah, anyway, absolutely. um oh sorry, no. You go on. Yeah, it's fine. No, uh, you know, obviously his contract expires in was it November twenty twenty one, I think it was? Some not too sure, but yeah, is like his contract is slowly expiring. So, you know, it's if like if his contract gets renewed, like unless we get a result after this season, like if he doesn't if he doesn't get like a good enough result this season and his contract gets renewed, like it's like it's 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 done. Like we like the fa- the fans are going to lose all confidence in the club, and. Yeah, it's like Portsmouth really, really need to sort their shit out because yeah. otherwise it just isn't going to end well. And, you know, it would be it would really be a shame to see it go that way, you know. Definitely. Because you sort of see how other clubs are sort of struggling with, you know, 
owners and boards who don't really don't really know what they're doing and you know obviously all the clubs that have come down from the championship are having owner issues you know you saw the state of like blackpool who are you know lingering now in league one and you know not too long ago actually it was quite a while ago like eight i think it was you know they were in the premier league yeah so yeah it like it would it would just be like tragic to see ports of suffer um a similar fate to those clubs and i think we need to do uh, all that we can to try and avoid that because if so, then it's it's done for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it won't end well. I have to say, even if we do somehow manage to go to the championship next season, I still would want Jacket out. Only the fact that yeah. I just don't think he'll be able to um, survive doing the championship. Obviously, he's been in the championship yeah. before, but I just I can't see him being managing us too well in the championship I think we would get battered week in week out if we had his yeah tactics. absolutely because as you, you said know, the step from league one to championship is massive so yeah absolutely you know like it's it's you know in the championship you literally have teams who are like like literally compete like competing for for the premier league you know like almost premier league standard which you know is arguably the best league in the world you know so and then you have like League One, which, like, you can't. It's not. It's not really com- like. I guess. I guess like the lower end of the championship is comparable to League One, but you know, it, like you cannot. Like you can obviously get points against like the lower, like the lower end of the championship. But if you're a club who's come from League One, like getting like trying to get results against the teams who are like in the like upper end of the championship. Like that's like that is like very very difficult because those team like those clubs like know what they're doing, like yeah. it's like it's it's a tier that like doesn't even really compare to League One. So the step up from the league from League One to the Championship is is like really really severe, and obviously if like Kenny Jacket is already like struggling in League One, so if he's struggling yeah. in League One, what does that prove in terms of what he'll be able to do? you know, in the championship. So def like again, definitely um definitely a questionable choice whether we were, we are to keep him if we do buy some magical I don't know, some magical chance that we do end up getting promoted to the championship. Yeah. Again, you just we'll just need to see what happens this season and if again by some miracle we do end up getting our confidence back in jacket, um We'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. This I think this season is it's not it's not really gonna be a season where it's it's gonna be a season to um to see where the club is going. I think it's not yeah. it's not like a it's not like a promotion at no cost sort yeah. of season like last like last season was. It's gonna be more of a okay, let's see what's happening, let's see what you know Jacket is thinking and obviously Jacket with the fans is definitely on thin ice. So it's it's just going to be a sort of rebuilding, sort of looking where we are, um, trying to sort of kind of level out the playing field and just kind of rebuild, rebuild, uh, develop, try and see what we can do and just kind of, as, as hard as it may be, to somewhat enjoy the season as opposed to sort of just constant clenching and just hoping that we get promoted to the, to the championship. That's what I'm kind of thinking. So as like, 
I don't think Portsmouth are in are in like a position where they may possibly get relegated. I think we are like stable as a as a team. So like chat like championship it like doesn't isn't looking likely. Relegation like looks very, very, very unlikely. I think just it's just gonna be a season where we have to just kind of monitor where we're going. I guess kind of more enjoy the games as they come and just just let it happen. Let it run its course. Definitely, yeah, yeah definitely. Groovier completely pretty much spawn everything. But anyway, yeah. um that uh, should conclude the podcast very nicely, I think. Uh thank you guys for tuning in. Uh nice. thank you very much, Dobby Dust, for joining me on the fourth podcast. Yeah, the fourth one. So now yeah, that I'm awesome. thank now you that I'm for having me, yeah. You know, sorry. <laughs> thank you. Uh now that I'm back probably gonna upload another podcast or something as well this week so watch out for that but anyway thank you guys for watching awesome peace out all right